This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is U.S. Senate Democratic Whip Richard Durbin. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Bayer. Learn more about the Bayer Bee Care Program at beehealth.bayer.us. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Senate Democratic Whip Richard Durbin next. While growers and beekeepers may seem unlikely friends, the work within both industries easily intersects to create positive environmental impact all around. That's why Bayer created the CARE program. CARE is an acronym reminding growers to communicate, be aware, reduce dust, and ensure correct planting practices to reduce risk to pollinators during planting season. Now in its sixth year, Bayer encourages growers to embrace responsible stewardship practices with four simple tips. Communicate planting activities with neighboring beekeepers. Be aware of wind speed and direction during planting. Help reduce the amount of dust released by using Fluency Agent Advanced as their seed lubricant and ensure seed is planted correctly. Visit beehealth.bear.us for more information on land and product stewardship. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. In a midterm election year, a number of challenging issues stand before the U.S. Congress and certainly before the nation's upper chamber. Illinois Senator Richard Durbin says he's frustrated with a long agenda and a slow pace of action in the U.S. Senate. I can tell you, if most people follow C-SPAN in the Senate, they may wonder if we do anything. Uh, We spend so much time with an empty chamber and nothing being said and no one on the floor it has reached an embarrassing level. You know, there's a lot of legislation that we should be considering and working on, uh, and I hope that we move to it more quickly. What are the things that you would like to be able to get to? Well, the Farm Bill is obviously something important to your listeners, and the good news is we have two good senators, one Republican, one Democrat, Pat Roberts of Kansas, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, who proven in the previous Farm Bill they can work together, and they're ready to put together a good Farm Bill, uh, and I hope they do because we need it done this year. When we think about issues, obviously you accomplished the rest of the fiscal year spending in March with the omnibus, but understand that leadership now on both sides of the aisle are looking toward appropriation bills for FY19. We are, and the good news is uh, we haven't had appropriation bills for so many years. Mm -hmm. We have one big, massive omnibus bill, and we want to get away from that. Uh, We have a new chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee, Dick Shelby of Alabama. He's been my buddy since we served in the House a long time ago. Uh, and he and I have sat down many times and talked this over. We want to get back to a bipartisan approach that's orderly, open, transparent, and brings the Senate back to life, where we actually have amendments on the floor, debate on the floor. You know, that's why I ran for this office. I think that's why the Senate, uh, that's exactly what the Senate needs to do. Are there particular of those bills that would be a holdup or particular for sure that the minority side of the aisle wants to make sure is covered as a part of those bills? Well, the one thing that we've said is let's leave the defense bill to last. And the reason the defense appropriation bill is 60% of the entire discretionary domestic budget. It is the biggest the biggest attraction on on the uh, on the avenue, and we want to make certain that we don't pass that, and then suggest to the members that we're going to shirk our responsibility in so many other areas. I'm the ranking Democrat on that committee. I understand that approach. Waiting till the end of it is fine with me. Let's start off. Put some training wheels on a bill. Maybe the ag bill. Maybe the military construction bill. Let's let's move a, f- a bill to the floor. It does seem positive as we hear from the chairman and the ranking member on the Senate Ag Committee that they do 
have the fortitude to move ahead probably in the month of May. If they can accomplish a bill with a markup, do you see time to accomplish that? And then assuming the House can come through, time for a conference and actually have a bill. Absolutely. And uh, we haven't done it in such a long time. We're going to have to sharpen our skills and read some uh, history about the Senate. But once we get into the groove of doing it the traditional way, the open way, the bipartisan way, I think members are going to warm up to it. I think they're going to like it. It was former Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack who was trying to get even his own staff to not call it a farm bill. He said it's not just a farm bill. It's so many other things. But, Senator, for those who don't understand what's in this policy, why is it important not just to farmers but to the country? First, it's a nutrition bill. You know, when you look at the food stamp program, the school lunch program, uh, and all of the food programs, it is a bill that focuses on food. It's also a bill that focuses on research. You know, there's so much done through the Department of Agriculture and related agencies uh, that really do serve many purposes. You know, think of this for a minute. Uh, the next time you buy yourself a new shirt and it says wrinkle-free and you wonder where that feature came from, it came from the Ag Research Laboratory in New Orleans, Louisiana. So there are many things dealing with food and fiber being done by the Department of Agriculture. And, of course, the bottom line is sustaining the great agricultural resources of this nation in Illinois and around the country. Does the omnibus bill approved earlier this year take a little bit of the pressure off, especially as it pertains to cotton uh, and dairy? In, in some respects, specific programs, yes. And I might add broadband in that. There's a massive commitment to broadband in that omnibus bill, and, boy, we need it. There are some parts of Illinois, there are some parts of the country that just aren't well served. We want to spend some time on that in our conversation here. In the House, there was and there still is a disagreement over nutrition. The majority wants to be able to put a work requirement in, and the minority did not agree. And, in fact, the minority suggesting they want to work with the Senate committee to try to improve some of the language. Is there a place for a worker requirement in the nutrition program? There could be, but let's do it carefully. Over half the people who receive food stamps or the SNAP program are already working. These are people who make so little money, some of them working more than one job, they need help in feeding their families. The idea that they're lazy, shiftless, come on. These folks are working hard and just not making enough money. It also helps disabled people, and many of them would like to go to work but need a lot of support to do it. And if we're going to be serious about that, we should provide the support. In addition to that, we've got mothers with small children who need to be exempted from this. They've got to take care of their kids. And those who do want to go to work need to have some affordable daycare option in the process. So just saying, well, let's put everybody to work may sound like a good campaign slogan. But when you get into the real world with real people, it's much more complicated. It's hard enough to get 60 votes in the Senate, much less try for 100. So this is not going to be a unanimous bill. Do you see threats from, from others who are a part of this chamber who would go after especially the risk management tools that are so important to farmers in this language? No, I think we have bipartisan consensus when it comes to crop insurance and risk management. I don't think there's there's much controversy there at all. I may have a feature here or a feature there a little different, uh, but in the bottom line, we will have a crop insurance program. We have tried so many different approaches to this over the years and the time that I've been here, and this one seems to be popular, and it works. The, the, the issue that is so important for producers, and I don't know that consumers understand, is that the banker wants to get paid back. And there are issues like trade and weather and other things that farmers can't control. 2012, for example, in Illinois, that had there not been some risk management tool, it would have been very difficult. 
I, I just had a meeting with the Peoria Farm Bureau. We had about 20 uh, producers there, and we talked about trade a lot <laughs> and tariffs a lot. And I said, I imagine you're all headed out to see your banker about uh, this year's crop. And this one fellow held up his hand. He said, I'm one of those bankers. And I said, well, how does this conversation about trade and tariff affect you? He said, we can't predict what the price could be, you know, on a, on a bushel of corn in the future or on soybeans in the future. And with this uncertainty, it makes it tougher for us to come up with a loan package that works for a producer. So all of the debate in Washington has a direct impact on our good Illinois farmers and those across the nation. It seems over the past few weeks we've heard a lot more about the need for rural broadband. But if you follow Senator Durbin, you've been talking about the need for rural broadband for a long time. Is this a public effort? Is this a private effort? How can Washington encourage but not get in the way and also make sure that the broadband that's provided is adequate for those who need it? Well, we think about it in terms of our own personal use, farmers, of course, in their operations, but it's also a business development issue. If you don't have access in small-town America, downstate Illinois, to real broadband services, it's really going to be a problem attracting and keeping a good business. So I look at it from an economic development viewpoint. What we did in the omnibus bill was put more money, invest more money into rural broadband grants uh, in an effort to try to extend service. We need the cooperation, though, of the providers, too. You know, some of them don't want to go to rural areas where they can't make a buck. So uh, we solved that in the past when it came to electricity. It goes back quite a few years. Uh, we can solve this as well. And I think it's just as essential to economic development. Regardless of how you feel about this president, he is keeping his word. He promised that he would be tough on China. $375 billion trade deficit, funding their farmers beyond what the WTO commitment would be. The question is, Senator, is this too heavy a hand with too much risk? Well, you know, I get nervous. Uh, the president puts out his tweets four and five times a day. Sometimes they're contradictory. Sometimes they're blustery. Uh, and some of the things by his, said by his administration make me nervous. When one of his cabinet officials says, trade wars, don't worry about trade wars. That's no big deal. He ought to come to the farm belt and talk to them about a trade war. We're on the front line of a trade war. We're the first troops into the battle. Uh, we depend on exports for one-fourth of our soybean crop in Illinois, almost $2 billion a year being sent out of our state. If, if there's any obstacle to that and the price goes down on soybeans, I hope the president understands that soybeans have been propping up income for farmers when corn prices have been soft for a long time. So I would just say, sure, you know, be assertive, make sure that we don't get pushed around as a nation, but I wouldn't use this casual talk about trade wars don't count. They do count. The president and the secretary have been complimentary of farmers, saying that they're patriots, and also suggested that now with funds through the CCC, they would be there to assist and make them whole for losses that might be. I don't know if Uncle Sam's pockets are that deep. I'm not sure they're that deep. And, you know, the president is assuming the passage of legislation here. Uh, I think that's the best I can determine from some of the things he said. Uh, that takes time. What are the farmers going to do during the period of time when they still have to pay back on their loans or make decisions about the future? Uh, no, I, I, I'm not as uh, sanguine or as uh, dismissive of this notion that a trade war is something that we could live through. I think it would be hurtful to a lot of our farmers and to the economy of Illinois. I watched when the vote was taking place on NAFTA so many years ago, and it was close. So let's just say that there is a NAFTA 2.0 agreement. Can you sell that through the Senate? Well, I'm not sure, but I want to remind you, I voted for NAFTA. I was one of the few downstate Democratic congressmen to do it. 
My friends in labor have almost forgiven me. But, you know, I look at it this way, I, I, and I said to them, there are two things at stake here. First, do you have confidence in the United States as a producing nation? I do. Goods and services were the best. And secondly, is the, is the situation in Mexico important to the United States? It is. You know, a middle class in Mexico and a stable economy is good for the United States. Fewer people coming to our borders, looking for jobs, and more stability and markets for our products. So I'm looking to the new NAFTA, if there is one, uh, and whether it serves that same purpose. Your state produces a lot of renewable fuel, both biodiesel and certainly ethanol, and ethanol is important to your corn growers. There is a discussion going on of whether the RFS is being administered correctly that might be overtaxing uh, the refineries that might be providing the opportunity that corn growers see. Is this something to be solved at the White House, or should it come back to Congress and let the legislators deal with it? This can be solved at the White House. And what I've done is defer to my colleagues, my Republican colleagues. Uh, I've talked to Chuck Grassley about this uh, repeatedly, uh, obviously the senator from Iowa, and his colleague Joni Ernst. And they've been down with other Republican members face-to-face with the president saying, you're killing us. You know, we've got to have a renewable fuel industry to demand our corn products so that they can be utilized uh, for energy but also provide income to farmers. And unfortunately, the oil companies are never going to do us a favor on this. I hope that they're persuasive with the president. I know Chuck Grassley feels this uh, to his core. When you listen to the hearings in the House where we're talking about the CAFE standards that the auto industry is trying to meet, and they're openly saying they have to have a higher octane fuel to be able to meet those standards, it seems we move even beyond past whether there should be an E15 waiver we're looking at a bigger picture and not too many years away. I think so. And, you know, I've been promoting ethanol for as long as I've been around here, not just because we produce so much in my old congressional district in central Illinois, but I really have considered this uh, in, in the battle days uh, a way of liberating us from OPEC, currently serving some environmental needs and also providing demand for corn for farmers that's going to bring up prices, which we desperately need. So it's a win-win situation for Illinois. When we talk to the American Farm Bureau, they say that we will either import workers or we're going to start importing food. Immigration is a polar issue. When is there time in this chamber, in the lower chamber, to address that? Go to any dairy farm in Illinois and ask that dairy family, who have probably been there for generations, how important immigrants are to dairy operations in the Midwest. They're critical. They're essential. Of course, the same thing's true for orchards, fruits, and vegetables in our state. Uh, row crop ag- agriculture, perhaps not as much. But when it comes to basic agriculture, you know, we've had migrant workers, foreign workers who've come to the United States, and they perform jobs that Americans just will not jump up and do. Mm-hmm. They're tough. They're dirty. They're hot. They're sweaty. They do them, mm-hmm. and they do them well. And thank goodness they do. Let's treat them fairly and realize they're an important part of our ag economy. Senator, a big issue that is before rural America, it's been addressed by the Farmers Union and the Farm Bureau together, and that is an opioid crisis. I know there's attention being given to it now in the Congress. Such a shame that this is happening. Is there an urgency to act? It is the most urgent drug epidemic of my life, and uh, the fact is there is no suburb too wealthy, no town too small not to be hit by this opioid crisis. I go to the most rural sections of Illinois, and I find people dealing with the addiction and deaths occurring to innocent people, many of them young people. 
who get addicted uh, when they take a couple pills uh, after they've had a, an ankle injury or something playing basketball or football, and then next thing you know, they're hooked. Uh, it's real, and we've got to take an honest look at it. Make sure doctors are meeting their responsibility not to overprescribe. Stop pharma from producing 14 billion of these opioid pills a year, enough for every American adult to have a three-week prescription, for goodness sakes. We also need to have rehab facilities. We just don't have enough. And downstate, people have to travel great distances uh, to try to cope with their addiction. Senator Durbin, we want to thank you a lot for taking time to talk with us here on Open Mic. It is open mic, and you have the last word. Last word is my thanks to your listeners, and many of them are farm families. Uh, it's a tough life they have, an unpredictable life with weather and politicians that they have to put up with. You know, but the bottom line is this. Uh, they do feed America and most of the world. We're proud of them. And as I fly over the state and look down on those cornfields and soybean fields, I think that's the greatness of this country and the strength of our state. Our thanks to U.S. Senate Democratic Whip Richard Durbin, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Bayer. Learn more about the Bayer Bee Care Program at beehealth.bayer.us. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Allen. 